Welcome back to Chasing Sunday. Welcome back. That was almost a song. Oh. Welcome back to Chasing Sunday. We can make our own little jingle. <laughs> we a should. New jingle. We should. Danny, the, the normal intro is out. Writes itself. It just writes itself. It's good stuff. My name is Brian Davis. I'm Paul Romaglevin. And uh, we are uh, so grateful to be able to uh, to host this podcast and so grateful that you are listening so faithfully. Um, we have an awesome episode Uh uh, that's going to hit your ears here in just a little bit um, with our new friend, uh, Becky Eichema. Um She's a, a worship leader uh, here in the Denver area. She's a worship coach, um, a worship leader coach. She does vocal coaching. Uh, she speaks of things. She, yeah. she facilitates gatherings and is way more eloquent than I am. She has her own podcast. Uh, it's called Darling. It's uh, Darling Confessions of a Former Megachurch Singer. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that check that out as well. Um, she's released music under Hymns of the People and under her own name. She does talk about how to spell her name uh, in the episode, but I'll help you out with that as well now. Becky, B-E-C-K-Y, and her last name, Ikema, is Y-K-E-M-A. So go to BeckyIkema.com. You can find out uh, all kinds of stuff about her, and we'll mention that. She mentions that in the episode, mm-hmm. and we'll probably say it again at the end because you will not be able to get enough of Becky Eichema. Yeah, She's, yeah. It was a fantastic conversation, yeah. and um, I'm super ec- uh, excited to get into it. So, uh, yeah, let's get started. Yep. Wow, we are we are off and running yes. right now. Yes. So uh, so grateful, Becky, to have you on the show and Thank you. and. Be here on Chasing Sunday and talking with Brian mm-hmm. and I. Um, it's it's actually a conversation I've been waiting to have. I've been hoping to have um, for a, for a while now. And um, but before we kind of get into it, um, would you tell us just a little bit about yourself, your background, yeah. you know, spiritual tradition? How did you grow up? Yeah, yeah. Happy, happy to talk about those things. Yeah. So my name is Becky Eichema. Uh, used to be Johnson, and I married a, a Dutch guy with a crazy last name. So Becky Eichema. Uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, mm-hmm. and grew up in a, a family that went to the Evangelical Covenant Church. So small little denomination mm-hmm. that came out of Sweden like two hundred years ago. <laughs> um, and I'm so grateful for a lot of that. I actually grew up in a suburb of Chicago that um, was mostly Jewish. So all of my friends were, yeah, were yeah. Jewish. And I just, I just like grew such an affinity for that, um, that people group. So, um, so yeah, so I always wanted to like show them that like the Messiah had come, like he's here. <laughs> I was like that kid, you know? Yeah. How yeah. did your friends respond to you? Um, they were like, oh, bless you. Were they, so, oh. they were so generous. Oh, oh, she's so sweet. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but then later, behind her back, they were like, man, she's a real Becky. <laughs> she's a real Becky, yeah. yeah I know. Yeah. She's living into that name. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my upbringing and study. I, I actually, uh, I picked up the acoustic guitar in, when I was 16. I had this high school boyfriend who um, who was playing these songs that were like like Nirvana-esque songs. Yeah. That he'd write. And I remember like seeing all my friends circle up around him watch mm. and just like, like in in the mm-hmm. moment, yeah. and I remember thinking, mm. I bet I could do that better. Wow. And that was the motivation to yeah. to learn tabs, to yeah. learn how to yeah. to play, and then start songwriting. Yeah. So did you start songwriting yeah. early. Like <clears throat> what time? What part of your life did you start? 
songwriting? Mm-hmm. Good question, Paul. Um, so I, ever since I was little, you know, once I came to faith, I was I was a shy kid, but I'd go up in my room and close mm-hmm. the door and just sing songs to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then once I, I got my hand more on a guitar, mm-hmm. uh, started writing those teenage angst songs around mm-hmm. 17 or so, mm-hmm. and uh, just just kept doing that, but really pursued, uh, pursued music both in that aspect, that, but then worship leading. Went to school for that, got degrees in that, and um, that's been my journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Who who were the songwriters when you were seventeen that were the ones oh. opening your mind? Oh my goodness, Jewel, Jewel, oh, yeah, Jewel from Alaska. Yep, yep, hundred percent. I love. Oh, so I yep. love that song. It's a good song. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, she was great. Alanis Morissette. And Alanis Morissette. Yeah, yeah. That, wow, that was stuff. like, that feels good back yeah. in the early aughts. I know, yeah, I feel, you know, I, I feel, yeah. We, we, I mean, you know how it is. Like, worship leading is a young person's game nowadays. So uh-huh. it's like, you know, you talk to these people, you're like, oh, man, don't you remember, like, you know, Dishwalla or like, you know, yes! like some of my favorite, like, you know, 90s and early 2000s. And they're like, what are you talking about? Better Gen than Xer. Ezra. Yeah, better, better than, than Ezra. Ezra. Oh, man. So good. So good. Yeah. When Stacy's mom comes on the radio, it's like. <laughs> I can't get enough of Fountains of Wayne. Oh, I've yeah. got like three That's of their albums. They're a- yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, and side note too, Stacey's mom, that's hilarious. I serve with a church sometimes where that's what they call their Ableton voice lady. (laughs) Stacey's mom mom is telling us what to do. I just love it. Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. Great to have it. I'm going to steal that. That's That's good. Perfect. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So nice. Uh, So what, what are you kind of, what are you doing now? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And, and yeah, what, what's. What's your deal? Yeah, Becky? yeah. Come Who on. is this person? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, so I guess a lot of my journey led to where I am now. Uh, I had an opportunity to to work at Willow Creek Community Church mm-hmm. uh, at the mothership for seven sure, years, yeah. and learned so much about leading worship there. I learned a lot of the how tos, and if I'm honest, some of the how not tos. Yeah, of course. That then helped shape how I would pastor a worship team mm. out in Colorado. Mm. Uh, so I got to go from the big the big platform, the well-resourced, the um, we-need-you-to-be-a-specialist type place right. to a startup church out here yeah. where they needed a generalist to wear 12 yeah. different hats. Uh-huh. And um, I'm so grateful for both of those opportunities. But what I get to do now is coach worship leaders, uh, come alongside teams for mm-hmm. a season, like an interim coaching season. And then also, um, I, I also help with hiring. Okay. So I work with Slingshot Group, mm-hmm. and we okay. we help coach and we help place when there's open vacancies mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i love nice. it love it nice nice mm-hmm. uh what are what are some over your time in ministry yeah. what like what are the things that have shaped you and have mm-hmm. sort of brought you to to this place of of being more in that role of kind of mentor and coach and and, yeah. and all of that yeah yeah one hundred percent. These experiences uh, in in a vast array of different church settings has led me to be able to to meet leaders where they're at. Mm-hmm. And go, oh, yeah, I remember walking through that season. Mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. what it felt like to have those questions. I remembered what it felt like to not be resourced or to feel like an island. Mm-hmm. And especially as a female worship leader, oftentimes we feel like we're 
we're the only ones out there. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I joined Team with Slingshot Group and uh, really started interfacing with all these other leaders. It opened my eyes to like, oh my gosh, there's this vast community of us out here. We're just not connected with yeah. each other. Right. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the elements that really kind of shaped what I get to do now. Yeah. And it's it's like my life's work is coming mm-hmm. alongside these leaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what do you think causes that that disconnection, whether it's real or perceived? Like what mm-hmm. what do you think is sort of the the culprit there? Yeah. Well, I think oftentimes in ministry we we are running fast, right? Mm-hmm. We are chasing Sunday. Sunday mm-hmm. comes every mm-hmm. week. Someone should make a podcast about that. It's a good idea. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> He's <laughs> only saying that because that's our podcast. Uh, oh, you ruined the joke. Uh, joke explainer. Name <laughs> <Damn> it, man. <laughs> um, but right, it's like there's there's so much work that needs to get done each week that mm. that we are often just like head down getting our charts done our teams mm-hmm. booked out our rehearsals completed our conversations with our pastors to realign what we're doing this coming sunday that we often don't look up and out and go oh there's other people yeah. um one of the things when i moved out to the denver area mm-hmm. And again, I had never been in a place where they needed me to do all the things, but they were asking that of me, and I was really excited. But I was under-resourced. I I moved out here knowing that the culture was going to be different than Chicago, and I Googled every church I could within like a 20-mile radius of mine, Mm -hmm. and I went on their websites, and I found every worship leader's email I could, and I just emailed everybody I could, and I said, hey— I'm new to the area. We're all kind of doing the same thing. Why don't we try and get together and just like yeah. put our heads together? And I'll tell you guys, out of that season, it it was so sweet. There were probably it ebb and flow, but between like ten to twenty worship leaders that would gather wow. quarterly. Um, and we would sometimes like whiteboard Christmas ideas mm. all together. Uh, sometimes we would just laugh or we would pray uh, alongside someone having a hard time. Right. Uh, so I think often if we don't take that space to get our eyes up and out, we feel like islands. Mm. But if we take that time, man, there's so much yeah. fruit to find in community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, you know, they, we talk often about sort of the difference between working in it and working on it. Mm-hmm. And it's the default is working in it. Mm-hmm. The default is head down. It's chasing Sundays. It's all that kind of stuff. And you, and I would say probably it sounds like kind of one of the biggest obstacles is that, that looking up, bringing mm-hmm. your eyes out and kind of, saying, am I part of a context? Yeah. You know, not just this this individual stuck mm-hmm. in this in this box here. Mm-hmm. And all I'm supposed to do is just plan the music or or yeah. mm-hmm. rehearse bands and stuff like that. Yeah. Um and where do I fit in in a bigger community? Um and 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 that seems like a maybe because you experienced that uh as being sort of having that experience of some isolation can really relate to how everybody else kind of think. I think that might be yeah. one of the, the the biggest things that we discovered. Would that be true? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I would say very much so. Um, and I and I wanted to kind of go back to something you had said earlier because it really made me interested. That first time you're watching that sort of like that young kid 
yeah. male guitarist, right? Yeah. And you see that there's this magnetism, right? And you go like, I think I can do that yeah. better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to go do that in the church uh-huh. where they love to have women <laughs> leading music. They oh, love, there is no you know? more invitational place to a woman in leadership than oh, the church. So <laughs> how, I'm so curious, like, where did that, yeah. because I, I met, Imagine you have this sort of drive. You have this um, maybe kind of entrepreneurial thing about you, Becky, which is just like you're going to go and make a path. Mm -hmm. How was that received, Mm -hmm. you know, from Chicago Mm -hmm. and Denver for you and in your journey? Yeah, yeah. Great question. Uh, Yeah, how was that received? I'd say differently in different spaces. Mm -hmm. And I also 100% want to honor that. Every church is trying to read and honor the scriptures as best as we can. So we know that there are different uh, lenses that we take to the context that we read it through. And, and I'm a person who can hold space for that and, mm-hmm. and partner with churches that believe differently than mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say it was definitely a journey. I, uh, I was all, I mean, I was a believer since I was four. I was just that kiddo that was like, heck yes to Jesus. Yeah, 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 he's my guy. And, (laughs) and, um, it just, yeah, it was just always a part of it. So I never thought like my gift couldn't be used in the church. I grew mm-hmm. up in a denomination where it was like, yeah, God can gift whoever God wants to mm-hmm. with ever, with whatever yeah. gift. Um, I worked for a time after college at, um, at a highly, uh, complementarian church that mm-hmm. had very strict, uh, regulations around mm-hmm. what a woman could and couldn't do. And, you know, when you're 23 to 25, you're like, I'm going to change it. I'm going to be the one. And I'm still, even though there was a lot of pain that came out of that experience, I'm also so grateful for it Mm -hmm. because it showed me um, that, no, like I I can't let that rest on my shoulders to Mm -hmm. try and Mm -hmm. make a revolution. (laughs) (laughs) But but I was able to go to a mega church space uh, that did empower women that did say like, yeah, Mm. we'll we'll help uh, grow and develop your skills and and give you a platform here to try. That that was a question that kind of popped into my head is like early on, were there those moments that Mm -hmm. you were like, I'm going to like smash the patriarchy, you know, like (laughs) um, and and, yeah, you would be right to do so. Um, But, you know. Your your response to that and 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 where you land now is like it seems very you know very mature and very like yeah there's I can change what I can change mm-hmm. you know but so what like what advice do you give to to those younger especially female worship mm-hmm. leaders because I've you know I've worked with them I've I've done some coaching with them and there is that sort of like you know they walk in and they're like I'm going to shake things up. And, yeah. and they almost yeah. have like this chip on their shoulder uh-huh. and that look on their face of mm-hmm. like, don't you come at me or like, this is all going to, you know, yeah, this right? is all, like, wh- what uh, do you, this is interesting. How do you, yeah. how do you coach yeah. uh, someone yeah. through that? And it, it's not just female worship leaders. Right. There are a lot of younger worship leaders right. who, I mean, I felt that way in my first position. Yeah. Like, oh, like I know, I know exactly how to do this. Like yeah. I'm 22. <laughs> I have a college degree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen to me. Like you people should do it the way that I'm telling you how to do it what's going wrong here so it's not but there <laughs> yeah. is there is yeah. this cultural there's there's our culture and yeah. and i feel like female worship leaders have a steeper hill to climb mm-hmm. in that regard yeah. so mm-hmm. so 
coach someone through that? Oh, my goodness. Such a good question, Brian. Thanks for posing that. A couple thoughts come to mind immediately. One, so I interface through my work with a lot of different worship leaders. Mm -hmm. And I have had conversations with uh, female worship leaders who say, I don't believe it's biblical for a woman to Mm. be an elder or a pastor, and I would not feel comfortable in there. And okay, so I'm going to make note of that and make sure that as we're presenting opportunities to you, they align with that. Right. Because some things are just kind of too too big to try and go at it as like the one savior of a topic, Bingo. Uh, right? You can't, you can't. Uh, and, and also, I don't think that's healthy for the person. Sure. I don't think that's going to cultivate John ten ten abundant life in a person's yeah, sure. life. Like it didn't in mine. Yeah. Mm. At a certain point, I realized it's healthier for me to actually walk away and like go become a barista yeah. or something, you know, yeah. just step away than, than try and keep yeah. You know, mm-hmm. knocking on this door. Mm-hmm. And then also I, I meet with those those leaders who say, yeah, I want to be at a place where, you know, I I can cultivate future teaching gifts and all these things. And I go, that's awesome. I want to help find a place for you that's going to be behind you, not just in word, but like in action. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I, I just started talking because I— but, <laughs> I, but yes. then before I started realizing, I, I just was, started. Oh, I remember. Talking. I remember. This, this will happen a lot, <laughs> Becky. Just so you, he, he will just start talking. <laughs> so right. Um, the thing about like um, we, we actually coming to terms with the fact that we can't change the church; we can only love the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. and and that's really our the only place we can start in any kind of relationship mm-hmm. is that. We actually become a destroyer of the relationship if we come at it as we're going to fix you. Mm. I mean, that's a Bonhoeffer had written that. It was like, whoever has, he wrote, I think it was um, Cost of Discipleship, where he was saying, God hates visionary dreaming. Mm. He says that um, our dream of the church becomes the destroyer of the actual church. Mm-hmm. That we actually have to come at this place where we see its beauty, and we are there to encourage it and 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 love it as it is, mm-hmm. which is tough because we may see things differently. Yeah, you know, Brian and I we're, we're helping with a lot of different churches who believe very different things about God and the Bible than we do, mm-hmm. and we come and we start thinking, it's like, how do how do they receive love right now? Yeah. You know, and how can we just come along and, and love them? But when you're working with a worship leader, you're asking that same question. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's fascinating. It Maybe even just a little, Brian, what you had brought up, which is the fact that there is already sort of a, a defensiveness for female worship leaders who are in, who are in the church because they are so familiar with the script. Yeah. And – then the response is from anybody else in church leadership, often male worship leaders, male worship pastors, or or lead pastors, who see that defensiveness, but it looks like too much work. And they're going like, oh, nah, I'm not going to do it. You've got a chip on your shoulder. I'm not going to deal with this. Instead of understanding, actually have some complicity in the way in which they're, they're perceiving how how the church is and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And so yeah. often they just get the it's it's sort of like again the myth of the the bossy 
Mm-hmm. Woman, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if I were to put that term, that, that's the nice word for it, right? Yeah, yes. X, yeah. yeah. The yeah, other one true. also starts yeah. with a B. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, how, I'm sure you're dealing with you're you're helping worship mm-hmm. leaders through that space. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you encourage them in a way that if I was in their shoes, I would have given up so much earlier. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. How do you help them see that there's a road to keep going? Yeah. On? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a tall order. <laughs> and I I pray that my daughter's generation is going to be different. It's going to be like, "Mom, what was all that fighting that y'all had to do?" Mm-hmm. But right now, yeah, I, the a couple things that help me go, "Hey, stay in the game." Well, one, I will say to a leader if if they are getting so defeated and burned out and if it's affecting their relationship with God, mm-hmm. I go, hey, God cares way more about your heart mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Than, than what you're doing for him. So if you need to take a step back, heal, go to therapy, get get surrounded by people that are going to edify your life, mm-hmm. do that mm-hmm. and then jump back in. Um, but I I would offer that, yeah, um, yeah, there are spaces that are going to encourage you. And there are leaders who are going to say, I'm I'm here for it, uh-huh. and I want to develop you. And if you are sensing that little Holy Spirit, like spidey sense, if you're interviewing with a place and you sense that there, it's more lip service, then oh, yeah. it's actually going to be practiced out. Yeah. Listen to that. Yeah. Really listen to that. Put yourself in places that are going to encourage your development and your growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, I, I've had a, a disturbing number of conversations with worship leaders in the last like two or three weeks, even mm-hmm. um, when I ask them, you know, and, and not just worship leaders, just people who are even just kind of close to the church and yeah. are involved in worship in some, in some way. And just asking them like, Hey, like, are you feeling any kind of closeness to God right now? Mm-hmm. And almost without exception, all of them are like, no, no, I don't know. I don't know what that what that feels like right now. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I mean, we get so sort of, and, and each of them are like having this little battle that they're having to fight, you know, either personally or within their, you know, within their church or whatever. And it's like, uh, if, yeah, if only there were more people who could come alongside those yeah. and say like, then then what you need to do is press pause and yes. go like stop working right now mm-hmm. go for a walk mm-hmm. or like sit down like go to the bathroom by yourself like mm-hmm. whatever it is like yeah. lock the door and find a way <laughs> yeah. to 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 because that I feel like that's that's what we 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 get so mm-hmm. far away and I don't I don't think it's God that's moving away from us we're mm-hmm. the ones that are just distracted by all the other things around us so yeah. Yeah. I don't know that may be completely yeah. off topic no, but it, it just reminded yeah. me of uh, as yeah. you were talking yeah. I was reminded of that yeah so. I, I do think we're we're seeing that a lot mm-hmm. and also coming out of the pandemic we saw on the search side of things so many i mean the great resignation was so real for yeah, ministry yeah. leaders yep. and now i'm seeing a number of leaders say i'm ready to get back in the game oh. yeah. and that's really encouraging yeah. to yeah. my heart like they uh-huh. needed to kind of time themselves out uh-huh. for a bit go serve you know on a construction site or uh-huh. like in um mainstream world for a while and and now they're saying oh, i long to be be back in the church. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I do think 
though, that that burnout, that grind, I'd be curious what you two are seeing. Uh-huh. Uh, what I think is one of the the main reasons for it is is I think there's this pressure to perform mm-hmm. that like the yeah. show must go on each week. Yep. And I I hate that language for yeah. it. But, you know, we're seeing these professional YouTube videos mm-hmm. of of teams just like hitting it out of the park. And then sometimes, sometimes our leadership looks at that and goes, why can't you do that? Or right. why can't why can't oh, yeah. you make a compelling room right. that just yeah. stands to their feet and raises their hands yeah. in worship? And it isn't always <laughs> even the leadership that's that's putting that pressure on the on the worship leader, worship leaders are putting that pressure on themselves. Yeah. They're seeing these yeah. videos be like, why can't, and I, I, I only say that because well, that's, that's me. Mm. I like, yes. that's one of the reasons I had to get rid of social media. Like I mm. had to, yes. like, I, I try to limit the things that I watch on YouTube when it comes to ministry stuff. You know, mm-hmm. people will send me like, oh, did you see like such and such church just put on a new song? Here's the video for it. And I have to really check myself because I watch that and I think like, why isn't that me? Like, why am I? Why doesn't my church do that that way? Why doesn't? And it's just such. We, I don't think we've realized yeah. how much all that stuff has screwed us up. Yeah. Well, ahead. And to answer that question, I do yeah. think, and this is a fascinating track to take, but um, it it is why we why we want to talk about AI in the future because mm-hmm. AI is not just about robots, right? AI is not about things doing things for you. Social media is second-generation AI, it is the algorithm that shows you what you think is normal Mm. all around Mm -hmm. you. Mm. So if there is an elevated uh, expectation where you're comparing yourself literally to the best of the world, Uh like then your expectations of yourself and what's normal in everyday life, Mm -hmm. of course, increases burnout. Um, Unfortunately, we had an opportunity during the pandemic as the church, and we squandered it, which was... Mm. We didn't stop. We didn't rest. We we found a way. Our innovation was amazing, but yeah. we found a way to keep the show going. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. at incredible cost. And it wasn't like once we got through it, then everybody was like, okay, we're, we're saved. We made it through that storm. Everybody take a break for a while and and we'll, we'll collect ourselves and then we'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. It was like anything... That you know, and the sociologists that we that we interviewed, they were like, any problem that the church had before the pandemic mm-hmm. was only amplified by the pandemic. Yeah. So it wasn't like you know, this is what I'm wondering is for those mm-hmm. leaders who are coming back into churches, uh-huh. are they yeah. are they stepping back and going like, oh, here's the default, and I just know how to kind of go back into it, <laughs> or are they doing things differently? Are they are they going, or is it just kind of like, okay, I had a bit of a break, a pause, and now I'm just going to go back in the same thing is I'm going to go back into the same grind. Yeah. Yeah. So I think those leaders that took a break are ready to step back into what it was like in 2019. I got a feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder what that learning curve is going to be. I also, when you all were talking, it made me think about one of the, one of the big challenges that I'm seeing too, is that, you know, every, nearly every church took a hit uh, attendance wise yeah. over the past few years not not all but nearly all and a lot of what the conversations i've had with lead lead pastors lead teams in doing searches is 
this hire is going to be the key to bring people back. Mm, right. This dynamic this singer <laughs> is going to do it. Oh, yeah. So you think about that pressure being placed on the worship leader. Of course. Or and, the lead pastor. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And also, like, like I'm sorry, but no. They can't do it. They can't. No. Their inspiring vocals is not going to be what brings people back in the right, room. Right. I mean, let's talk about discipleship. Let's talk about small yeah. groups. Let's talk about spiritual formation. Let's talk about mental health resources that your mm-hmm. churches are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. there, it, there's so much more. But I think an, uh, an exorbitant amount of pressure is being put on the platform leaders these days to like make up for the loss and and that's that's not fair yeah Yeah. absolutely because the loss is substantial like i Mm -hmm. mean the 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 numbers are actually pretty daunting you know Mm -hmm. 65 percent of churches are under 100 people you know Mm -hmm. that 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 i mean there's a number of different studies that are that are showing that sort of stuff It's not that there's going to be different ways to interpret that data. Some are going to be like real doomsdayers, you know. Mm-hmm. Others, I think, are going to are going to look at that and go, actually, it might be a really necessary corrective mm-hmm. that we saw a real inflated thing happening. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, starting from Willow Creek in the mm-hmm. 90s. Yeah. Escalating mm-hmm. through oh, yeah. into the 2010s, mm-hmm. you know, and then things started really falling off the rails at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and trying to solve mm-hmm. the same problem with the same tools obviously just it's like it's like gasoline for burnout right yeah. it's just um trying to so as you think and this is an interesting thing what sort of trends you know working for slingshot yeah. and and helping churches what are some of the trends that you're seeing and going like actually we really think <laughs> You know, this is the better path for churches to go towards. Mm. Um, is it that that there's more smaller communities? Uh, is mm. it? I'm just curious what you're seeing on the ground there. Man, that that's a tall order to answer. <laughs> sorry, you don't have to answer. <laughs> I mean, you can just say nope. I want to get nope. fired. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, we don't even have to go there. I was just so curious about it. No, but I. I'm my answer would be that I think I think we continue to need every expression of the bride of Christ that we can. I think there are people whose souls resonate in a big space. There are folks that uh, gosh, I've read this amazing book uh, by Gary Thomas called Sacred Pathways. Uh-huh. And it talks about all these different avenues for people to connect with God. Some people like their souls rise when they are surrounded by people and the room is full and the sound is full and all that. Other people are going to thrive in house churches. I know a number of like even house churches here in Denver. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's just beautiful, smaller communities. I think we need them all, Mm -hmm. especially if they are pointing towards Jesus Mm -hmm. and, uh, like a life that is is healthy and whole, mm-hmm. uh, that John ten ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that. Yeah. yeah, sort of related to that. You also like you you work with you know worship leaders and in, in you know placing them, and I assume you do, at least Slingshot yeah. does. Yeah, I do. 
And and maybe this is also a question you don't want to get into. You don't have to name names <laughs> or anything like that. And, Bill, and this is more, Sandy. yeah, uh, this is more just in terms of maybe helpful advice. Like we we have worked with churches um, who are in the midst of a search, yeah, and they have sent us like the job description for yeah. their worship leaders, mm-hmm. and you know it includes everything from like all the responsibilities to like salary range and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And we see those things and we're like, oh. So you don't want to hire anybody is what you're, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. So what, or, or even, you yeah. know, worship leaders who will send us, you know, mm-hmm. say like, Hey, this is what I'm looking for. But, but we, we know their story. We know kind of what they've been through. Are there certain like red flags that you look for or like mm. what, what advice would you give to two churches who are looking right now or two worship leaders who are looking like, Hey, you're not just going to be able to walk into any church. And churches right. saying like, hey, the X, Y, and Z, like this is a great position. Your church is awesome. Your job description and this ministry position sucks. Like, yeah. are, do you fit, do you have the latitude yeah. to say that? And and With what are some of those? Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. What are some of those things that you see on those job descriptions and in yeah. those resumes that you're like? Oh, this is toxic. Um, <laughs> and maybe you don't say it that way. Mm-hmm. With the, I'm making a hand motion. This is all audio. This is an audio so medium. I, I'll just Brian. sit on my hands. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, oh no, man. There's two different. Yeah, there's like two questions in there. It's like kind of for the yeah. church and mm-hmm. then for the the right. worship leader candidate who we call it like a, a candidate for yeah. the position. So I'd love to speak kind of to the churches first and foremost. We are seeing uh, location geography. Rise to the top, really? Yeah, more so than church size, denomination, whatever. People, uh, we have worship candidates saying, uh, "I either yeah. either it's uh, I want to be within an hour of family in okay. Memphis or Atlanta yeah. or wherever." Okay. Oh, yeah. okay, or it's like I want to live near the beach or I want to mm. live whatever. Right. So we're seeing true, truly, it's like the um, the quality of life. Yeah. Conversation matters a lot to worship leaders, and like, what's this going to be like to to invest here? What's this going to be like for my family? Mm-hmm. That matters a lot. So, just for that lens to be in a in a, mm-hmm. a church leader's mind as they're looking for a candidate, what uh, is it then? Uh-huh. What is your culture? What right. you know? If you are in a small, if you're in like a small town up in Maine, uh, what is it then out there that's going to draw the right person? Well, maybe it's like, hey, you get to be a part of, you get to be near the ocean, mm-hmm. you get to you know be experience all the seasons, you get to yeah. be in a church that's going to call you family and welcome you in. That's huge. Uh, I would offer one other thing too, and I think we've seen this uh, uptick over the past few years, is that the gig economy really rose, and a lot of worship Mm -hmm. leaders, uh, myself included, are doing that. And, And worship leaders don't necessarily want to give that up. And it's certainly made them more aware of how how va- mm. valuable their hours are. Market mm-hmm. hours, yeah, right yeah, for sure. So, so fascinating. For a church needs to have really a really clear picture of what they're going to be asking of their leader. Mm-hmm. What yeah. does in office uh, versus like virtual work look like? Mm-hmm. What's expected? Have all those conversations ahead of time yeah. with someone. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I've had, uh, I work with NVIA Collective, mm-hmm. uh, with Marcel and Cindy mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And, and we're very much like, yeah, we're, we're on that gig, you know, kind of yeah. that gig thing. Sure. We're, we're taking worship leaders who are, 
like they've worked in the church before and for whatever reason now they don't want to, yeah. but they still want to serve the church. Yeah. But now we're starting to see even churches who who see that model and and are like I I had a conversation with a church in Kansas last week um and the pastor said, "Yeah, we we lost our worship leader at the beginning of 2021." And we've been hiring uh, hiring people every weekend since then, mm-hmm. and we actually like this better. Like we don't mm-hmm. we don't know if we want to post the job again. Mm-hmm. We think like we can. Uh, obviously, they want some more consistency, um, but but I think even churches are starting to see like, oh, do we do we even need to have a full time worship? Yeah. Can I press in on that? Yeah, for a absolutely. Moment, Go for it. I'm not, I'm not saying it's right or yeah. wrong. I'm just saying that was. I want to hear it. That was one <laughs> example that I heard, and it it, it actually kind of surprised me mm-hmm. because the majority, I think, still of churches are saying, "No, we need to have somebody in here mm-hmm. full time who's yeah. like overseeing the whole thing and and doing all this stuff." But yeah, so please yeah. tell me how you feel about that. Yeah, and, and it's. And this is me pushing back on myself because I, after I uh, quote unquote retired from being a worship pastor (laughs) a couple of years ago and moved into into this coaching and itinerant leading Mm -hmm. uh, season, I found too. I would I would go to that the church in Kansas City and say, uh, "What does your worship team need? Yeah, are they happy with this?" Or are they are they um, languishing because they don't have a shepherd? They, they don't, don't have a somebody. leader. Yeah. They don't yeah. have someone to go out to coffee when mm-hmm. they experience a miscarriage, or they've they got an F on a test, yeah. or they right. whatever. Yeah. Right. So yeah. I think there's a both and. I think um, I would even venture to say like if a if a role is more of a dual role these days, that's cool too. Mm. Or a yeah. or part time worship leader role, but. It's tricky. Yeah. Well, I think, again, you point out something that's really important, which is about connection and um, uh, community Mm. that uh, we give a lot of lip service to, but we also have this unbelievable loneliness pandemic in in the United States. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we do. And so when we have this, the gigging economy, Mm -hmm. maybe helping worship leaders discover their value in a new way they didn't had hadn't before. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, churches having to also get innovative about like, h- how do we have a, a band or a musician every week when we can't pay a full-time person, you know? And often we go, well, we, as long as these little, we can compartmentalize these sort of roles mm-hmm. um, and Everything should be fine and mm-hmm. things are kind of working generally. And then you realize nobody's getting called, volunteers are falling through, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. And it's because we feel like we're connected just because we have people there. Right. But nobody, everybody's just kind of sh- showing up just to, in in place, but yeah. not really with their soul. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That is a major problem. Well, and I think, so I know you're the guest, so I do want you to ring in on this, but it just, it triggered (laughs) something in me. I think that, that in and of itself highlights how, like what, what exactly a lot of, especially evangelical churches think of the worship experience Uh on Sunday Uh is that it is just what you see happening on stage. Yeah, you know, and and that yeah. th- that yeah. even goes back to like all the YouTube and social media stuff mm-hmm. we were talking about. Mm-hmm. You and and Paul mm-hmm. and I have talked about this ad nauseum. Like, 
the, there's a good chance. Like we, we see these people who are on stage and they're leading worship and they're doing the, the hand motions and everything that everybody <laughs> Hands does are in nowadays. The air. I'll, yeah. I'll commentate. I'll yeah. Um, you know, all of that stuff. And we think like those are the spiritual giants of our age. Like those are the people and the chances are they're just as burned out as the rest of us. Oh yeah. And, and the yeah, thing is yeah. like, I've, I've been at a church that made a live worship album. That was awful. Yeah. It was yeah. hell. Yeah. Like it was, it was like three months of just like, yeah. I mean, you're rehearsing the songs over and over and you're talking about layout design and you're talking about who the band is going to be. And yeah. you're fighting about the fighting with the people who didn't get to be in the band, you know, yeah. for the live recording, yeah. all this stuff. Like there, we, all we ever see is the finished product. Yeah. We don't see all the work that yeah. went into and all of the arguments that mm-hmm. were had and all mm-hmm. of the stuff that happens to make, to make that really shiny, pretty thing Mm -hmm. that shiny Mm -hmm. and pretty. And, and so I think that like churches, they, they may see the value of like, yeah, we need to, there's some churches that see that value of like, we need to have somebody that's overseeing this team, but for the the majority, not majority, but for a lot of churches, it is not just as long as, just as long as there's somebody up there to sing. Yeah, <laughs> like that's all we yeah. care about. You yeah, know, so. and from the perspective of someone who has been a contract worship leader now mm-hmm. for for gosh maybe a year and a half or so, I I would want to encourage those contractors. How are you showing up and pastoring that exactly. team? Exactly. How can yeah. you show up and not just like wow them with your voice mm-hmm. and your verbal transitions and your prayers, right. Right. but actually like in the green room, as you all have been doing the series, right? <laughs> yeah. In the green room, how are you meeting them? How are you getting to know their story, sharing a little bit of your own life mm-hmm. and finding little ways you can encourage yep. them, mm-hmm. especially if they're in a season of transition? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I think that's that's the key term in that season of transition because mm-hmm. Because they are, a lot of them are very, very lost. I mean, mm-hmm. you, I mean, you know how it is. Like a worship leader will leave, and sometimes mm-hmm. pe- members of that team will be like, "Well, I'm team, you know, so and so. I'm, I'm going with them." And so mm-hmm. there's, mm-hmm. there's like this double loss, you know, of yeah. like is the that worship like, leader. It's like the Hunger Games, then, is it? I don't. I'm team this. I'm team oh, that. Was, that was, I was just was thinking blood. with as much blood. I was like, yeah, I definitely have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Twilight. It was Twilight. I was, yeah, I was like, I've always thought church is like the Hunger Games. But <laughs> you do too. Uh, if there's one takeaway from this conversation. <laughs> yeah. The church is like Hunger Games. May uh, the odds be ever in yeah. your favor. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. yeah. uh, I love how this conversation has kind of meandered and, and become uh, an and a lot of different things, but I I would love to get back to one question, Becky. Yeah, and please. This is really, um, is uh, we know that the landscape we've just been talking about how difficult the landscape is for worship leaders, how nuanced it is, and for also church leaders as well. Um, but it is, I would say, pointedly different for female worship leaders, mm-hmm. and um, we've had you know in the last couple of years. Uh, in the United States, um, still reckoning with the disparity mm-hmm. in leadership, mm-hmm. um, and and I, you know I don't need to throw another stat out there too, but but the idea is that this 2020 Faith Communities Survey that that reports only 10 percent of all churches have some congregational female leaders, um, and so I guess 
you know, we've seen it, but Brian and I in, in different ways, but I would love to hear from you. What can male worship leaders, male pastors mm-hmm. um, do mm-hmm. yeah. to support and champion um, female worship leaders right now? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Paul. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Yeah, I, I've got a number of thoughts on this for sure. Um, give them opportunities. Mm. Give them opportunities. Let them try. Don't say their no for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, don't assume things of them. Don't assume what they are comfortable with or they aren't comfortable with. Yeah. Ask them. Really, really, really listen. Like listen to their perspective, listen to their experience, listen to what the Holy Spirit is nudging in and through them. You know, if we really believe that we are all the body of believers, it means God is speaking through you and he's speaking through me. So what is that voice that that is missing at the table right now? Because truthfully, that represents 51% of who's out there, yeah. if not more, in yeah. the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then get a coach for them. Honestly, I love come it. alongside them, yeah. uh, give them opportunities. That was one of the the biggest blessings in my own journey towards kind of the end of my my time at Willow Creek and megachurch world. Uh, I was gifted the opportunity to go through the worship circle mm. program mm-hmm. with Christine Knuckles, and yeah, cool. it was so encouraging and and really kind of helped give me the confidence I needed to say, no, I'm called to this. I can do this. Mm. So having somebody come alongside them for a season yeah. is really helpful. I, yeah. I love hearing that that there's there's a real need for coaching outside of the, yeah. the church. Yeah. Other than the like the your experience with the worship circle, was yeah. there a mentor or another leader that really um, helped develop you and singled you out and said, "I'm I'm going to be mm. investing into you." Of all yeah. the Beckys in the world, <laughs> that's <laughs> the one. <laughs> that I had to, had to use. Of all the blonde-haired Becky Jansons in the world, Please. this is the one I want to work with. Uh, yeah, 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 I know, I know. Uh, it's so funny you say that. Yeah, so I'm going to name him. Matt Lundgren uh, has has been an incredible influence in my life, and he ended up being my supervisor for seven years at Willow, mm. and ju- he just wrapped up. 20 plus years on team there, just serving so faithfully through all the ebbs and flows that the church has gone through. Which is huge. Yeah, yeah. 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 But he always did so from my own experience, uh, above reproach, and was always there to listen and was always there to to sit with me and uh, help guide me, help give me opportunities to try. Mm. And I'm just forever grateful to him for that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Way to go, Matt. Yeah. yeah. So glad. Um, what we, we have a, a, a few more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you find being, what's your greatest challenge in coaching worship leaders right now? Mm-hmm. And what is your greatest joy in, in coaching worship leaders right now in this season? Oh, man, I love that question. So the greatest challenge is this is something you all actually spoke about this a few episodes ago, like that tyranny of the urgent, the oh. tyranny of the now, the things that listened. I, I listen. Oh, my gosh. Somebody listened to our podcast, Paul. <laughs> yes. Yes, for yes. sure. I'm sorry. But I think that's absolutely one of the challenges because everything is like, mm-hmm. you know, going so fast that uh, that we will always put our own 
uh, development on the back burner. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things I'd say is the biggest challenge, just getting worship leaders to see that like this is, you are a worthy investment, you Mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, Greatest joys, oh my goodness. Whenever I see that light bulb go on Mm -hmm. on a worship leader and they see a path forward that they didn't see, it's Mm. just like game changer. I mean, that's that's gold. Yeah, yeah. Even if if it's little phone calls with yeah. leaders here and there where it's just they just need to pick my brain for 5 yeah. minutes. I want to hear I want to hear what comes of that. Like yeah. that's that's the reward, you know. Yeah. Um so that I'd say that anytime a leader is has hit a wall and then they see they see a way forward. Yeah. That's the win. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, for that's sure. Awesome. Fantastic. That. It's, yeah. Well, I mean, Becky, I mean, your your reputation and obviously your your experience, and we even had that wonderful time where you led us in worship. We were part mm-hmm. of a worship leaders network lunch, and um, uh, I want to say personally, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I don't, yeah. I don't really. Um, I know this is strange, but um, worship leading is a is a skill that that I've developed on earth, but I don't mm-hmm. resonate mostly in most worship settings you know Mm -hmm. and but there was a leadership there was a such a clear leadership and an attunement into that moment in that Mm -hmm. space Mm -hmm. that really helped me worship and i'm really grateful for that i think you did great Mm -hmm. i mean because it's not just and i would say that is from from what i can see and and just the conversation but in that time as well there's there's coaches and there's pastors Mm -hmm. and they kind of cross over a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah but i think coaches really focus on somebody's performance but a pastor thinks about somebody's transformation yeah and i would call that i think you could own that too but you you. are part of transforming leaders and Mm -hmm. transforming worship leaders to then therefore kind of transform other people's lives so i'm so grateful that you came and and spoke yeah leading leading worship for other worship leaders especially in an environment like that can either be it can either be like shooting fish in a barrel like oh this is the easiest thing i've ever done like Uh everybody's singing everybody knows the songs or it can be really i can be really intimidating Uh what i think what paul said was spot on like you i didn't sense either of those things from you i that you wanted to do this other thing, mm, yeah, and and it was, yeah, yeah. I was I was very grateful for that moment because also like sometimes as a very cynical worship leader, um, <laughs> like I will walk into those environments being like, oh God, we're all gonna sing together. Oh, here it goes. <laughs> so, I get very anxious because I'm being oh, so yeah. self-aware. Yeah, because so it's yeah. like, oh, everybody's going to expect me to raise my hand. I don't want to raise my hands today. Yeah. Like, I don't want. But, but you, I think you met everybody, even yeah. even this great. hard-hearted, cynical worship leader. Mm-hmm. You, like, you met me in that moment, mm-hmm. and and so, yeah. and that is that's not easy to do. That's um, that is that's a rare gift, yeah. and so it's you. True. Becky, despite your ubiquitous name, and you are you are a singular. Yeah, just write that poor name. <laughs> you, all episodes. I'm trying to make I'm a sorry. really beautiful point here, Paul, and you're Rebecca. just talking. I mean, you okay, can, yeah. you know. can we just land on no, Rebecca here? I, I, you are you are a rare gift to the body yes, of Christ, indeed. to the Thank church, you. and and especially to to worship leaders, male and female. Like, Thank you. you. You keep keep doing the good work. Where can people 
people find out about you yes. and and the the things that you offer to to the church? Oh yeah, thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Can I just say this was a joy? Thank oh, you so much for having that, me on. Yeah, thank it was, it was great, the, y'all. The, the pleasure was ours. Oh. So. Uh, yeah, you can find me at beckyikema.com. I'll spell that for you. That's Becky B E C K Y, and then another Y K E M like mother A. Dot com. Yeah. yeah, and that way I have uh, coaching opportunities there and kind of where I'm playing out. But if nothing else, we'd just love to connect with mm. leaders and see how I can support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thank you Take so much, Becky. Yeah. yeah. yeah do, thanks, do, guys. thanks again. And yeah. That's all. I'm going to stop talking now because I think <laughs> the episode is over. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, I loved it. Yeah. Uh, so grateful uh, to Becky for taking so the time. So easy to talk to. Oh, she is – That that's one of the things that, that I wanted to say is that, yeah. like, she has such a peaceful and calm and, yeah, like – right? And confident demeanor uh-huh. about her that uh-huh. it just feels – like, it, it's just – it's just, it was yeah. just very. It's she's very easy to talk to. We got um, we got into kind of like into that zone of like um, worship leader shop talk. Kind oh of thing. yeah, absolutely. You know, it wasn't too it wasn't too inside baseball. Yeah, you know, but nope. it was a little bit like, oh, we're actually hearing this is actually how conversations yeah. go when yeah. you get a a couple of worship leaders who have been doing this for a long time mm-hmm. together, and we start talking. Um, and but what I loved about it, and what. Becky's so great at is like her heart really comes to the surface mm-hmm. so much in what she's talking about and what she cares about. Yeah. And um, just an amazing pastoral, um, uh, I would say, is yeah. this direction that she yep. she kind of leans forward with that I just uh, – I. Yeah. So appreciated. Yeah. She has that very, yeah, compassionate shepherding heart and yeah. spirit about her. Um, if you are interested in coaching, um, yeah, please do check out her website. Um, or if you want to be coached by these two numb schools, uh, that, that oh, you and this, me, you and me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can go to our website, torncurtainarts.org, mm-hmm. uh, fill out the contact us form. We'd be happy to sit down and, and grab a cup of coffee because it is, it is important. You can't, you just can't do this by yourself. That's right. It's, it, it is, I mean, you can, but it'll not for it, long, not for long. I'm just going to put a stake in the ground yep. and say like, it's not it's if it's not happening now, it's going to happen soon. Yeah. That yeah. if you're trying to lone ranger this thing, mm-hmm. um, and muscle it through, and feel like you know, we talked about like the the temptation of worship leaders or anybody to say like, I know the culture's bad right now, but I'm going to fix it someday. Yep. Right? Please don't. You're heading toward a cliff. Yeah. <laughs> get a coach. Get a get somebody pastoral in your life outside of your congregation yep. too. That can that can help speak into it. And you give permission to to give that that sort of feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so invaluable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's so valuable. It's invaluable. It's invaluable. Um, so <laughs> so famous. We're um, infamous. We're infamous. I, okay, I believe that's the reference what that means. Yeah, that is three amigos. I was asking the people listening, oh, I'm Brian, sorry. way they to screw it up. They're not here, Paul. <laughs> they can't respond. Well, maybe they might leave a comment or something. <laughs> we, under the, under the like, Apple review, like the reviews for our podcast, you just see somebody, three amigos, <laughs> five stars. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I will buy dinner for anybody who gets on yeah. Apple Podcasts or yes. whatever and leaves a review that just says, three amigos, 
Five stars. Yep. Dinner for you. Dinner for you. Yes. Okay, if you've made it this far. uh Uh-huh. Yeah, if you made it through the episode, Um, which you should have because it was riveting and and Becky's awesome. Um, Yeah, Danny's going to tell you a bunch of stuff after we're done talking about how you can get in touch with Torn Curtain and how you can support our ministry. Um, But until then, we'll be back with uh, one more episode in this season. Yeah. Uh, We're going to talk about some just books that that we've read, maybe Mm -hmm. some other resources that we feel like would be helpful uh, for you as worship leaders or whoever is listening to this podcast. We'll have a bottleneck we'll from a particular a, a bottleneck from a worship leader. Uh, a bottleneck is just we ask the worship leader to say, "Hey, send us a problem that you're dealing with right now." Mm-hmm. And what can we do and you know, we'll talk about it. We're going to we're going to solve it. We're going to solve gonna it. Fix it. And and yeah. no, we'll we will share what wisdom we have. Yeah. Um so and if if you have a uh, a bottleneck um or or just a, a place where you're just feeling stuck in ministry and you want to hear us uh, address that uh, on the podcast, again, go to our website, uh, torncurtainarts.org, and uh, send us a send us an email or whatever. and whatever it's a, Send us a whatever. Send up some whatever. smoke signals or uh, – the best outro get, ever. I know. Get, like some Morse code or send a telegraph. <laughs> um, and uh, we'd be happy to, to talk about that in the next season or perhaps even in the next episode. So um, once again, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Brian Davis. I'm Paul Romick Levitt. And this was Chasing Sunday. Thank you. Bye. Chasing Sunday is a production of Torn Curtain Arts and distributed by Resonate Media. Your hosts are Brian Davis and Paul Romick Levitt, with editing and mixing by Danny Burton. Torn Curtain Arts is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your tax deductible gifts make our work possible. For more information about TCA and to partner with us in our ongoing work, visit torncurtainarts.org.